0: Breakfast. Time now for a conversation about something completely different. Tad Vandenberg, co founder of Sovereign South Africa, discussing a group of concerned South Africans thinking that government's approach to COVID 19 is not what it seems. We live in absolutely unprecedented times, not only here in South Africa, but around the globe. Economies have been shuttered, societies have been shuttered. And uh, we don't know what is going to happen next. Tug, good morning and welcome to the program.
1: Uh, Good morning, Nicholas, and thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the show. So tell us in a nutshell, what is
0: Sovereign South Africa?
1: Well, Nicholas, as you said, we're living in unprecedented times. So uh, Sovereign South Africa was started as a group with the intention of sharing information and making people aware that they have inalienable rights Firstly, as South Africans, and secondly, as human beings on planet Earth. At the moment, I have to say that we are very concerned that people's human rights are seriously being infringed upon by governments across the world in the wake of this lockdown. And we would like to encourage people to stand up for their rights and remind them that the government only exists because we, the people, allow for it.
0: I agree with you wholeheartedly there, but maybe spell it out for us. What are your concerns regarding government's handling of the coronavirus pandemic thus far? And we'll start with South Africa, maybe.
1: All right, So I think we're all in agreement that when this, uh, this COVID-19 virus really fed back in March, and uh, it was uh, presented to us by our government in the world, health organization, that it was the right thing to lock down the country. There's no, there's no denying that. Uh, we went on the data, and it, looked, um, it all looks very scary. But since then, simulations, the simulations were run. It looks scary. Pandemic, no. But uh, at the moment, I think what is going on, the World, Outer, World Health, Organiz- health Organization has also come out and said that, uh, that they think they got it wrong with harsh lockdowns, and it might have not been the best route to go. Now, Nicholas, here we are sitting in South Africa at level four four lockdown, whatever that is, with some of the seer deaths in the world, but one of the harshest lockdowns in the world. So for me, I guess, to spell out our concerns is our people are literally starving out there, not knowing where their next meal is going to come from. They're queuing up for miles, not getting their food packs, or if they do get it, there's hardly anything left it has been stolen or sold due to corrupt officials. I think domestic violence and depression across South Africa skyrocketed. And that is just the case, as we know of Nicholas. Police brutality, as we've seen on several media platforms, with no consequence whatsoever. And then people are going bankrupt. They're losing their life savings. They're losing hope. And they don't really know when this is going to end. And I think that is the real killer. And to top it all off, Nicholas, we have got politicians treating us like we are a bunch of children, treating us with stricter lockdowns, fines, and imprisonment if we don't behave. The numbers really don't justify the actions being enforced on us by our childish, power-hungry politicians. Uh, And I think it's a bloody disgrace, to be honest with you.
0: Okay, but Tug, you know, there is this school of thought, right? That if we didn't implement the lockdown when we did, and I think we were the only, if not the only, maybe one of the only nations on earth that implemented a lockdown before a single death from the coronavirus, and we did so because of our huge HIV-AIDS burden, we've got 7 million people living with HIV, uh, many of them that aren't even on ARVs, someone with an immunocompromised system is at serious risk uh, when they contract COVID-19, so I I mean, imagine if we didn't have a lockdown and we were facing the same sort of crisis that Italy is facing, per se.
1: Nicholas, now, first of this 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 virus is not going to go away. It's not something that now, all of a sudden, uh, it is just going to be gone. It's going to come regardless whether we've had a lockdown or not. Uh, I, I listened to with a, uh, a Swedish professor, was, yeah, I can't recall his name right now, a couple of days, that he uh, was oh, asked exactly the same question on... Um, on Sky News, Australia, and he's like, well, we're all sitting and waiting. When are you going to open the borders? How long is this thing going to last before it really goes away? Yeah, sure, we've got a lot of people compromised in this country, but you look after those people. So one way or another, it's going to come whether we like it or not. And uh, most people that get it don't even know they have it. It uh, it It is just how it is. So I really don't think, once again, what is happening now justifies... Uh, this lockdown for the sake of our economy and and the people starving on the streets, Nicholas.
0: Tug Vandenberg, co-founder of Sovereign South Africa, in conversation with myself, Nicholas Bauer, on early breakfast. Uh, He is part of a concerned group of South Africans, thinking the government's approach to COVID-19 is not what it seems. Any questions for Tug? And also perhaps your own comments on uh, South Africa's approach to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, and indeed, the world's approach. Uh, you can give us a call now, 011-883-0702. be curious with us. Otherwise, otherwise WhatsApp voice note, 072-702-1702. Uh, and you can also kick it old school on an SMS, 31702, or tweet me at Niklas Bauer on twitter.com. Let me ask you this, Tug. I mean, there's a lot of allegations of misinformation. There's uh, lots of allegations that, uh, that the world is being lied to. Where are you getting your information from?
1: Now, we've got, a uh, on, on the groups we're sharing, we've got a lot of uh, people sharing information. Uh, just in checked, uh, we, we tend to use alternative alternative search engines and uh, browsers such as DuckDuckGo, as we seem to find that uh, the Google narrative being spun is very, very biased. Um, so, yeah, we've got people across the world sending information, sharing information, and it's usually verified by a couple of sources. Uh, well, so we to, verified how? not... Uh, people actually go in checking where they come from, trying to get quotes from people, and uh, so usually three or four sources. So we won't just go pick one Google um, article and say, this is, this, is, uh, this is now what we say is so. Uh, we don't really always know in this day and age, obviously, but we try to be very reserved when we do say something and share it with one another that it has been checked at least against two or three sources.
0: It's a difficult line to walk in the realm of fake news, right? I mean, we live in a, even before you take COVID out of the picture, we, we, we live in a world where you really cannot take anything at face value. And I just worry that, I mean, if you, if you say that you're sharing these things on groups, sharing these things on forums, I mean, a lot of people have been painted with a conspiracy theorist brush and saying that they're you know, nothing more than paranoid sharing information on WhatsApp groups, um, you know, not verifying the information, not actually arming themselves with the facts, the figures, the scientifically backed up research around this virus. Sure. Um, Nicholas, what I think at
1: the moment, like if you start looking, and we can just go on to to basic things. Let's take YouTube, for instance, people taking, uh, taking videos and so on. So it all started in China. Then uh, China was the first outbreak. All its pandemonium in China. Hospitals are being bold, left, right and center, uh, to, uh, to accommodate all these, all these COVID-19 patients. Then it moved on to Italy, Spain and the UK, with reporters shouting mayhem around the world. Not enough ventilators. Doctors in the UK, US and Italy, said they can't handle the masses of people photos of tired ICU staff battling this terrible disease, hospitals in the States being over full quarantine hospitals and all that. And then Nicholas, now I'm going to go to YouTube and I'm going to go to citizen reporters, um, started going to these hospitals that was reported as being overflown with COVID-19 patients. And they actually went in there and there was no people in there. Reporters actually asked hospital staff lining up cars outside of hospitals to make screening look busier. Uh, same emergency footage, video footage of emergency rooms uh, being used for different hospitals claiming that uh, the ICUs were overflown. Now, this happened in cities in the U.S., UK and Ireland. So now you're watching the stuff and you're like, okay. And then all these videos started disappearing. Like, one by one, people started dis- disappearing. Then doctors started posting videos explaining that this virus was, in fact, just a glorified flu, uh, a little bit harsher than uh, influenza and that herd immunity might be the way to go. Now, these videos got deleted. Doctors speaking about alternatives and natural medicines, videos also being removed, all right? Uh, doctors' entire accounts were being removed from social media and YouTube. And then, you know, when Nicholas, for me, the worry is when governments around the world start taking the communist approach to censorship, you know something is not right. You, you cannot deny that. We even had a man here in South Africa that was arrested for spreading so-called fake news. And, uh, and if the government's platform for reporting our neighbors is just straight over the Nazi textbook, then you know, man, something is, something is not right here. So for me, that is kind of, uh, kind of red flags with regards to, you can say conspiracy, you can say, where do I get my facts from? But now I just take a couple of things that have happened, uh, right? And you have to ask the question, so, to so what is going on here? Something is not right, and what are they trying, what are they trying to protect?
0: No, look, very various... Various tech Good companies from, from, from YouTube to Facebook to Google, they've taken a decision that they will remove any material, whether or not it's from users, whether or not it is shared from anonymous accounts or anything like that, uh, suggesting that the A, the coronavirus doesn't exist, that contains medically unsubstantiated diagnostic advice about the virus. And it's also explicitly disputes the efficacy of guidances from uh, organizations like the World Health Organization around so uh, social distancing and, and self-isolation. I mean, it doesn't seem too uh, unreasonable from my side. And uh you know, for, for every video that has been taken down from someone that, uh, you know, is claiming this is a conspiracy or claiming that hospitals aren't full or, for instance, there was one video I saw where someone claimed you could treat the coronavirus by putting a hair in your mouth. I mean... Uh, it, there, there needs to be uh, an understanding that they, you know, putting out wild allegations, putting out wild, uh, unsubstanted, unsubstantiated information in a time like this is extremely dangerous.
1: It is extremely dangerous. But so where do you draw the line, Nicholas? All right, and uh, who are they to say that this is and this isn't? It's like a, and there's no watchdog to watch them take take down and put up as they like. So for for me, and I think us as a group, it really is a concern. And it's also like if you look at the World Health Organization, uh, they are the ones calling the shots, but you don't really know what what their motive is. You look at their funding. The U.S. has actually pulled their funding. So now you've got to look at who is actually the people funding these people and what is their their agenda behind giving us this news and then retracting now, like as they did with Sweden, and say, okay, pulling harsh lockdowns might not have been the right way to go. So what now? So now, surely we must we must implement on that. But uh, it doesn't seem like we're doing that in the country because we're just going to wait and be in lockdown until indefinitely, right?
0: Well, look, I mean, sure. when it comes to the World Health Organization, it's actually if you if you look at it at its core, it's largely a voluntary organisation drawing the uh, skills of the best medical professionals around the globe, and um, they aren't necessarily paid for the work that they they do. Uh, and it is, you know, while it's a, a United Nations backed up body, uh, it it does largely rely on funding from around the, the, the globe. But look, I, I digress. What do you believe in? What what do you hold as true when it comes to the
1: coronavirus? Man, I don't really know. Um, there, there, there's, there's many things. I do believe at present there is a uh, there might be an agenda, but I'm not going to discuss this yet. But I think, as in anything like this, and like I said, I don't really like to use the word conspiracy. Uh, you have to look at, yeah, you have to follow the money. Who's going to make the most amount of money out of uh, out of this, this terrible disaster that is going around? Which is not so terrible as I as I said, and as we have found. So we going to gain the most amount of control from this? Nowadays, everything in our lives is be being tracked. The data is a new currency. What information is being censored apparently, and why would they want to hide that? So uh, the research in the the research in the deceit and the corruption in the world World Health Organization um, it is there, it exists, and uh, I I do believe they have a they have a specific agenda. And just quickly, you say it is a volunteer body. Um, a subdivision of the United Nations, and currently it's been run by Kedros, and he's not even a medical doctor. One of the, the main supporters is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and as we see, we see Bill, we see Bill, Bill Gates all over, all over the media, and he's, uh, he's a software developer. I don't really think he's, uh, he's got any authority to talk on, on vaccines uh, and curing the world. So now we've got two non-medical professionals uh, constantly being thrown down our throats, Telling us how things would be, and uh, I don't always think that is, that is sound. And then for me, also, it's a little bit of a worry because they're talking about mass mandatory vaccinations, digital IDs, and vaccination passports, and that's just the beginning. So there's really, next to this, is like a dream merger between big pharma and big tech that will make the trillion dollar industry with no regulations whatsoever and all the tools at their disposal to control us down to a molecule. Mass gatherings apparently will not occur until all 7 billion people have been vaccinated. What is exactly is going to be in these vaccines, Nicholas? I'm asking you. I certainly sure don't think they will be safe and effective being so rushed into production. And then, uh, my question is, I like for people, and this is something we always discuss in our group, is, uh, to think for themselves, uh, and to go out and try and research and find as much information as possible. Now, if you just go and look, and this is readily, readily available, um, so who owns the patents? patents for the coronavirus and there's actually patents out there? Who owns the vac- uh, the, the patents for the respective vaccines that goes along with this? Well, there isn't a vaccine yet. Say so again, there isn't, but they're working on it and they're talking about a vaccine being ready at the end of the year. Uh and uh yeah, we don't know' it's going to be right. but, so let me let me ask to... you this all
0: right so I, yes. I I know you didn't want to delve into the full you know, what some people might might call a conspiracy theory, right but, yes. but you're suggesting that there is a coordinated efforts by forces around the globe they sound as, uh from what you're describing nefarious economic forces that's going to coalesce around big pharma and is going to go coalesce around big tech as well how is this going to marshal all of the world's governments in unison, especially here in South Africa, a government that riddled with corruption, inefficiencies, lack of innovation? How is this all of a sudden going to work out in lockstep? All right, and 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 see us all being marched in unison in some sort of grand efficiency.
1: Uh. Nicholas, I don't know, that's a very good question. And I can't really see that happening in Africa anytime soon. But if once again, if you look at the media, if you look at the narrative that's been spun over the past seven, eight weeks, like all the leaders are going for like a global coming together, a global world uh, where we work together, where the health, World Health Organization has come out and say maybe now is a good time to, to start looking at a, at a world currency. Um, so yeah, this is a narrative, like if you look between the lines, and it's not very hard, you can see this. There's concept being promoted by the World Health Organization, Global Citizen, and Lady Gaga, and it's all this stuff. And the narrative that is being sponsored is, all right, we are one nation, we're global. Uh, so I think, maybe not right now, but this is definitely something that points us towards that. As I said, I think Africa is still a little bit behind. But with that tracking, vaccinations, tracking. The technology already exists. They could put a little tracker within that vaccination and then they have you on the system. And eventually it's just going to become more and more. And then once they do that they can track your every move. And when people step out of line, they just switch you off. So Tug, it, let me is, ask oh, you though what's it.
0: what's the alternative what is the alternative if you think that it's dangerous to implement things like a lockdown if you think that we are being played by um you know big pharma by big tech what what's your alternative how are we going to survive a global pandemic that's already cost uh, what what's the latest numbers 4 million infections uh, and close to 300,000 deaths
1: yeah, but Nicholas, once again, those numbers aren't exactly correct because all the numbers worldwide has been inflated. You have a...
0: Okay, uh, and then uh, which, how, how, do you think that the the scenes of coffins, you know, piling up in city see, centers I don't, in Italy, I don't, I don't, do you think that that's Nicholas, a
1: hoax? I, I don't really know. I wouldn't say it's a hoax. And yeah, sure, people did die. But you actually had a politician three, day, three days ago. His name is Vittorio Sagabi. He's an Italian politician. and He stood up in the Italian parliament. All right, And he claimed, he screams, and apparently he's quite, a, he's quite an outgoing character, but he claimed that 96.3% of the people that supposedly died of COVID-19 in Italy did in fact actually die of other diseases. He shouted and he claimed that Yeah, but, but type, Italy, in the same way that people yeah. don't
0: die of AIDS, they die of comorbidities, they die of pneumonia, they die of something else other
1: than yeah, HIV. But, all, Nick, but Nicholas, it all got written up as covid nineteen. So the numbers are inflated to make this thing look worse than it actually is. And for me, that is a problem. And we've had, I've dealt with people here in South Africa first hand that told me that Uncle died. he was very old, he was very sick, and yeah, COVID, COVID put him over the edge. Got put into quarantine, I didn't have it, didn't have much are nothing, and now he's there. So I think the numbers have been exaggerated. I'm not saying it's all a hoax. Yes, yeah, sure, there is coffins and all that. But maybe all these figures they're giving us worldwide is actually just figures of people dying. right? Normal death rate for, for a year, whether it's winter or winter or summer. So I really don't know. And uh, I just want everybody to keep an open mind about this. Uh, we have more people dying daily of TB in South Africa. We have more people dying daily of the cold flu than this, this virus has killed so long. So does it really justify such a harsh lockdown? much more people are going to die in the long run, all right, of starvation, hunger, and, and economic deprivation. And it's not because of the virus. It's because of what the virus allowed them not to do. No, is, ag- uh, is-
0: we'll have to leave it at that. Time is against us. Co-founder of Sovereign okay. South Africa, send us uh, the way of a website that you use, maybe as a parting shot there. Where should people find out more about your way of thinking?
1: No, they can send an e- email to... Um, SovereignSA at protonmail.com. Uh, is are busy being generated. And if anybody is interested about anything or any alternative alternative media or links or how to, to serve the internet, then uh, we will gladly pass on some information.
0: Zach Vandenberg, co-founder of Sovereign South Africa.